twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll discuss the FCC's narrow banding mandate, which took effect January 1st, 2013. We'll explain what it is, what the penalties for non-compliance are, and tell you what you need to do to become narrow band compliant. We'll also review the Motorola HKPN4007B CLP Multicharger and take some of your questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. buytwowayradios.com, your radio specialist. The uh, FCC narrowbanding mandate officially went into effect on January 1st, 2013. That's right. We've been talking about this for years, and uh, it's finally here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about how this affects operators of business two-way radios. And first, uh, what is narrowbanding? Well, first of all, I guess we're not going to go into a deep uh, discussion of what narrowbanding is, because we've covered this in a past episode. Go back no, and listen have. to that one if uh, you have any detailed questions, but basically narrow banding doubles the amount of bandwidth you can use. There's wide band and there's narrow band. Uh, wide band radios use 25 kilohertz for transmissions. Narrow band use 12 and a half kilohertz, which basically means you can put twice the number of transmissions into the same space. So what the FCC is doing by forcing everyone to go to narrow banding is doubling the amount of frequencies that can be assigned. So freeing up some of that uh, crowded airspace. Exactly. There's a a lot of places in this country, metropolitan areas, things Mm -hmm. like that, where the number of frequencies left to assign to new businesses are running out or have already Mm -hmm. ran out. And with narrow banding, it gives the government a lot more options as far as uh, what frequencies to assign. Okay, so what exactly is the FCC narrowband mandate? The mandate is anybody that is using a uh, business two-way radio in VHF or UHF band and you have a license, a lot of licenses were issued previously for wideband usage or wideband emissions. After January 1st, 2013, all of those licensed radio users have to have their license adjusted to narrowband emissions instead of wideband, and they have to be using their radios for narrowband. So all industrial, business, and public safety radio licensees that that now operate on, uh, on these uh, frequencies, um, they've got the frequencies listed here. These are the uh, the VHF frequencies between 140 and 174 megahertz, or the UHF frequencies between 420 and 470 megahertz, and they have to be narrowband compliant. Exactly. And what this really means is if you bought radios or if you got 
licensed after January 1st, 2011, you're probably okay. The FCC, on, on January 1st, 2011, the FCC stopped issuing new licenses for wideband frequencies. Mm-hmm. So if you first started using radios after that date, then you're probably okay. If you've been using radios prior to January 1st, 2011, then there's a chance you have radios set to wideband now, mm-hmm. and there's also a chance that you have a license that is wideband, if you haven't addressed this already over the last <laughs> couple of years anyway. Yeah, well, now, uh, here's the dark side of things. What are the penalties for noncompliance? Because the FCC, uh, is they sound pretty serious about this. Yeah, if, if you are just now hearing about this for the first time, or if you've been ignoring all the warnings for the last few years about switching to narrowbanding, um, then you really need to take care of it. According to the FCC, you can be fined up to $16,000 for each violation or each day of continuing violation. Well, that's, uh, that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, and up to $112,500 for any single act or failure to act. Now, this is a direct quote from the FCC's mandate. And, you know, this is really serious stuff. I mean, $16,000... Uh, is nothing to sneeze at it out at all, but we're talking not sixteen thousand dollars. We're talking about sixteen thousand dollars for for every violation. That's right. And and for each day of a continuing violation. So if you've been out uh, for a week on your radios with this, they could uh, uh, multiply that uh, about seven times, and that it, that adds up. It's nothing to take for granted. I know we, we hear from a lot of people who just really aren't concerned about this. They don't think that the FCC is, is doing any enforcement. And uh, who knows? Uh, I, I haven't seen any FCC enforcement up to this point, but we're still very early in the year. All I can say is the FCC issued an advisory on August 22nd. And according to this FCC advisory, they're saying that their enforcement bureau is committed to aggressively enforcing the narrowbanding transition deadline. So the FCC plans to audit its database after the start of the year to identify license holders who haven't narrowbanded. Okay. You know, $16,000 is a lot of money by any standard, uh, but... Uh, you know, where do they come up with that that amount? You know, it's just uh, sixteen thousand dollars is just an arbitrary. Oh, how much we charge? Uh, well, I uh, guess. Well, hey, how about five thousand? Not enough. I well, bet there's know, a story behind that. I'm sure there is. Probably is because it seems like an arbitrary number. Why? Why sixteen thousand? Why not like ten thousand? And even a number twenty thousand or something. That's uh, that's a little, you know. At least it wasn't sixteen thousand dollars and one cent, or something. Yeah, at least it but, ends in a zero. It would be really yeah. odd otherwise. <laughs> but in any case, it's obvious the FCC is serious about this. Now, if you want more detailed information and references uh, concerning narrow banding, you can go to the FCC's website at uh, fcc.gov/narrowbanding, and um, and they have contacts there, people that you can actually talk to, and, and the numbers. I don't know if we should get out the numbers here, but uh, they've made that publicly available. So you can go and contact them directly to get the details on that. And it's a good idea, you know, just to make sure that you're that you got all your ducks in a row, so to speak. Now, uh, Rick, you watch the FCC's website pretty closely. Yeah. 
And um, you were saying that you're constantly seeing companies filing for extensions and waivers to this deadline. And yeah. This increased dramatically as we approach the end of the year. What's happening with those? Well, last I saw, it looked like um, it seemed that a few of them were granted, but it looks like a lot of them were being denied. That's just my take on it. Of course, okay. the, the FCC, I, I, I checked the uh, FCC's daily digest, and they, uh, they're constantly denying companies for various things. But uh, it seemed like, once again, they're pretty serious about this mandate. Well, giving you two years' notice, that's how they look at it. They're giving you enough notice, should have, should have gotten it done. Yeah, well, they have issued some waivers, I will say that. I guess and, you have to have a very good reason. Yeah, and uh, they've issued those waivers, and, and that's fine, but uh, I know that they, they haven't given everybody a pass, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like they're going to. So yeah. We haven't worked with anyone specifically to request a waiver or to go through the FCC, and that's not something that we're, we're looking to do. But we encourage yeah. you to get compliant, and we'll help you get compliant. Well, what, what do you do if you aren't compliant? What can you do? Most of the time, if you're not compliant, all it's going to take is reprogramming your current radios to narrowband. Most radios that have been sold within the last 10, 15 years have a built-in option for bandwidth. And all it takes is reprogramming the radio. You're going to get a lot of mailers from two-way radio dealers trying to sell you expensive digital equipment and and trying to get you to throw out all of your current radios. 90% of the time, that's not necessary. Now, of course, there are some companies that are looking... Uh, to migrate to digital, and in a case like that, that that's their choice, of course. But uh, for them, that's that's a time to consider an upgrade and saying, well, you know, if we're if we're going yes. to do all this, we might as well just go ahead and upgrade. A lot of businesses, if they find themselves in a position to where they they're going to have to throw out their radios, maybe now is the time to to go to digital. Mm-hmm. What we've heard is a lot of people are, are sort of getting bullied by two-way radio dealers or not told the full story. A lot of two-way radio dealers are kind of equating digital and narrowbanding, and they're completely separate things. You can have analog radios that are narrowband. Now, it is possible that the coverage will be reduced somewhat uh, when you go narrowband, but uh, they've been doing some testing, and they, you know, for the most part, uh, in most scenarios, the, the coverage is pretty much equivalent in the ballpark. Yeah, it's, it's very close. You, you may uh, see some drop-off, but um, most users won't. So if your radios are, are uh, fairly new, and within the last 10 years or so, chances are you can program them for narrowband. Um, now, the other side of this coin is the frequency license. That's right. right? You also have to get your, your license updated to uh, have a narrowband emissions designator added to your license. That tells the FCC that you're operating on narrowband frequencies or you're operating on the frequencies using narrowband or 12.5 kilohertz. Now, if you're authorized for multiple bandwidths, including wideband and narrowband, then you really don't need to make a change. But if you're licensed to operate only at a bandwidth higher than 12.5 kilohertz, then then you'll need to file a modification application That's to, right. to and, add narrowband emission. 
and designator. We will handle that for you. We offer licensing services. We go through a frequency coordinator for that. This takes a uh, license modification. Our charge is $150 for this change. That's a lot better than 16000 a day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Anthony, are we getting, we're getting a fair number of calls these days. Yeah, we're getting a fair that. number of calls and chats and emails just in regards to this. And, um, you know, folks that have purchased from us in the past wanting to know if, you know, I had a guy that emailed earlier uh, about some a particular radio we sold him years ago. And they sold about four years ago, 2000, well, 2006, about six years ago. Yeah. But they were set in wideband then, so he's got to, he's going to send them in, and we're going to switch it over and get his uh, get his licensing taken care of. And if he's purchased from us, we can we can reprogram them at no charge for the life of the radio, correct? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, not a bad uh, way to go. So that's narrowband compliance in a nutshell. Any other comments on narrowbanding? Anything else we need to know? I think anything deeper is going to rehash a lot of what we covered in that, that previous episode. I'd like to point out episode 12 from May 6, 2011. If you yeah. have any more questions, go back and listen to that episode. We dug a lot deeper there. All right. Well, coming up, we'll review the Motorola HKPN4007B CLP Multicharger. Does it comply with our standards for radio chargers? We'll find out next on the Two-Way Radio Show. Searching for two-way radios? Buy Two-Way Radios has what you need. Buy Two-Way Radios is the source for two-way radios and radio accessories from major name-brand manufacturers for businesses and consumers alike. Buy Two-Way Radios provides more than just great radios at a great price. We are a leading source of expert advice on the products that we sell and can assist in finding the perfect solution for you or your business. We also deliver great service. All of our products are stocked at our local warehouse. This allows us to guarantee processing time and fast shipment of your order. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for you. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy2wayradios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Buy Two-Way Radios at buy2wayradios.com. Your radio specialists. You're listening to The Two-Way Radio Show. And this week we're going to review a multi-charger from Motorola for CLP radios, the HKPN4007B. Well, today we're talking about the CLP multi-unit charger. Um, a lot of radio manufacturers will try to make life and, and business a lot simpler for uh, radio users. You know, usually you're not going to have one radio floating around the office. You're going to have, you know, two or more, generally. Yeah. This is a cool six-unit charger for the uh, the CLP. CLPs were released about a year and a half ago. Um, it's the real small, compact, one-and-a-half-watt business radio from Motorola. And I like where they've gone with this. It's not just your standard two-way radio multi-unit charger. You know, you can stick your radios in in this uh, unit. takes up one, one plug-in in the wall, which is very convenient. Um, seen a lot of places that have, you know, like a stack of single yeah. unit chargers yeah. or, you know, 
10 or 15 single chargers all bunched up and uh, and this doesn't even look strips. like your your this doesn't even look like your typical charger no you not at all it's uh, uh it mounts on the wall if you, if you want to it'll it'll yeah. sit on a, a tabletop or it, it mounts on the wall a lot of people buy it just because yes it does make it um simpler to make sure that you know you got one plug in and but inventory reasons you know mm-hmm. they want to know that you know the radios are getting turned in every night you know if they look at the multi-unit charger and they go i'm supposed to have six in there and there's five they know one's floating around somewhere um but cool design to this thing it's got uh it's able to hold the radios there's individual pockets or trays above the the each radio pocket there to store the headset in you know so it keeps up with that headset so it's not putting them in two separate places that's yeah, re- cool. remember the clp radio you have to use with a headset exactly. yeah so, yeah so that's something motorola thought about in, in designing this multi-charger well, yeah i got a lot of people that when they buy this they're you know especially with the 1060 which is a bluetooth enabled device stick the radio on the charger and then they just have each person throw each bluetooth headset into that pocket that's pretty neat um you can clone the radios through the charger cloning basically is where you have one master radio and you want the other five radios set the same way you can drop them in this charging station and clone them all the other five to match that master radio something i like is cloning cable isn't even required with this multi-charger if you're doing it with just a radio to radio or single unit charger to single unit charger you have to buy a separate cloning cable all that technology is built right into this multi-charger. Now, see, that's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. It's not an expensive cable, but, uh, I don't know, $15, $20, it, it would save you if you're ever going to do any cloning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, the, another great thing about it is is it's almost like it's a rapid charger. Um, the standard battery will typically charge about two and a half hours in this unit. The that's high capacity is in about four hours. Yeah. Um, usually multi-unit chargers are... Stick them on there, then they'll be charged the next morning, you know, 12 hours or so. And this is even faster than the, the standard charger that comes with the radios. The The standard charger takes around four hours to charge a, a battery, and this will do it in two and a half. Yeah. And uh, the high-capacity battery, it takes five and a half with the, the single-unit charger. So you're sort of upgrading your charging ability by going to this multi-charger. And the nice thing about the, the multi-unit charger is this. If you work... 24-hour shifts, you can purchase additional batteries to charge by themselves inside the charger. In other words, you can charge the radio and battery at the same time, or you can charge just a battery by itself. Um, So we've got a lot of people that do that that will buy the the unit, buy additional batteries, keep them on the charger, new shift comes along, switch the batteries out. It's a great idea. Yep. I like Motorola multi-chargers in general because of the price. Uh, mm. A lot of other manufacturers' multi-chargers are nice but very expensive. I mean, $400 or so. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the other competitors out there with this kind of technology would be double, three mm. times as much. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're a lot of times made out of metal. They're big, bulky, and they've got some kind of pocket system where you if you have – this model, you you buy this pocket to go into the charger. With Motorola, the, the RDX series, the CLS series, the CLP series, the chargers are much more lightweight. They're made out of plastic. They're less expensive, but they're 
specifically for one series of radios. Mm-hmm. Well, they still look like they're pretty decent quality, and I guess Motorola, they want to stamp their name on it, and it has to be of some quality. Motorola is known for some quality products. Absolutely. Um, but once again, keep in mind, these are for the CLP series radios only and uh, not, not any of the others. And they're, yeah, they're, CLP 1010s, 1040s, you know, and 1060s. And there are separate multi-chargers available if you have CLS or RDX series radios or even XTN. So overall, uh, any any negatives to this charger? I don't see any, actually. I haven't seen any. I haven't heard any complaints. It's very, very simple to use. $169.99. Very reasonable price for uh, for these multi-unit chargers. And if you enter the promo code SHOW at checkout, you can save an additional 5% off of these. And that can save you considerably more. That's right. Well, uh, any other comments on the... I think we covered this multi-charger up and down. Okay. Maybe we should do a demo of this multi-charger, show it off in a Radio 101. You know, for those that don't know, uh, Radio 101 is um, the uh, video series that we have that offers some quick and simple tips uh, for getting the most out of your two-way radios, and it's hosted by our very own Anthony. That's right. Give us a... Take a peek. We've done some... What, 10, 13 episodes, somewhere in there? We're up to our eighth. Uh, oh, no, our. Yeah, we're up to our eighth. Eff- eighth. Well, okay, gotcha. Talk. We're up to our eighth episode. All right. Well, we have some uh, questions and comments from our blog and forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our first one comes from Edward. And Edward says. Looking for two two-way radio business type with repeater capabilities. Looking for the best radios for outdoor uses. Which business radios uh, can be converted to GMRS? And that's from Edward. Uh, well, number one, I would suggest that Edward um, listen to episode 38 from June of this year, Using Business Radios for GMRS. We dedicated an entire episode to... Uh, whether this is possible, which radios can be programmed. Essentially, to, to boil it down, most business UHF 4-watt fully programmable radios can be set to GMRS frequencies. There's some questions about whether or not the FCC wants you to do this, but um, any 4-watt pro- fully programmable radio can be programmed. Okay. Uh, listen to episode 38 or give us a call if you have any further question. Mm-hmm. And uh, our next question comes from TTP, and he has a narrowband question. He says, uh, with most everything going narrowband, what's going to happen to all the wideband radios? What can be done with these? And that's from TTP. Shoot <laughs> Play like a cricket so. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, actually, well, it makes a great doorstop. <laughs> Paperweight. Paperweight, uh, bookend. <laughs> Self-defense tool. Yeah. <laughs> Brick. <laughs> Got enough of them, you can put some mortar on them and uh, make yourself a little uh, uh, doghouse with it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Save it for doomsday. Yeah. They're not going to bust you for having wideband radios if it's the end of the world, right? Oh, there you go. Save it for doomsday. That was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you never know. The next doomsday 
scenario, I think, is, is, is coming up at some point, right? Whatever I'm, it is. I'm sure. All right. Well, that... Um, <laughs> Well, I guess that does it for our questions and answers this week. Uh, send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buytwowayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, blueberry.com, or stream it on Stitcher. All right, uh, before we go... Does anyone have any final comment? I don't think so. I think we covered it. Nada. Nada. Not a thing. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwowayradios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roque. And we're out. We'll be right back.